This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward, and we have got a heck of a show today. We got the bromance together. We do. We do. <laughs> it's strong in here. <laughs> so why don't you introduce our guest yeah, today? Yeah, so back for the second time, the fabulous Robbie Jabour. Um, Look at you using my word. I know. Fabulous, right? <laughs> what did I do to warrant fabulous? I don't know. You just showed up this okay. morning. So Robbie's our managing director of agency development, and then he also moonlights on our retail operation as our resident life and health expert. I mean, no, he really does. He really does. So, <laughs> that uh, make you feel as, as needed. As needed. No, 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 no. You know, we're not a huge life and health organization, but Robbie's the guy. He takes care of us. And the reason Robbie has that hat is because we have the legend back in the house today, <laughs> Mr. Jeff Havard. And so Jeff is formally with Integra and formally our life and health agent expert. And now he's a regional director, sales director, something like that. Pretty important for national farm life. Yes. So he is a life insurance guy. That's cool. We have a life insurance insurance guy guy hanging out with the property and casualty. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really kind of awkward. Um, And then, uh, but But insurance is insurance, right? Right? That's, that's what everybody right. says. Everybody thinks that's right. That's but, right. But we got this really cool thing today. I thought, let's talk about life and health insurance in property and casualty agencies. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Welcome, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us what you do, Jeff, and how you work with property and casualty agents to bring life and health to their world. As Shane said, I'm the regional coordinator over the East Texas area for National Farm Life, which encompasses Houston and, and all of that area as well now. So... My role is to actively recruit new agents for us at National Farm Life and then also to work alongside of those agents and bring the life insurance to them. Uh, That's not obviously something that most property and casualty agents really spend a ton of time concentrating on. And so I'm there to kind of let them know, hey, what we're doing and and different ways that they can bring that to their current clients. When Shane first hired me, one of the things that he had me do was a study on personality types between property and casualty uh, insurance agents and life and health agents. And the personality types are so incredibly different and the thought process is behind their business. But so many times we see our PNC agents say, oh yeah, I want to add life and health because they're thinking insurance is insurance. So talk to us about the differences there. It's just a different conversation with your clients when you're talking about, you know, you get so used to just sitting there talking about their home or their auto or their toys, whether it be boat or four-wheeler or or travel trailer, whatever it is. And as a property and casualty agent, a lot of times you just get focused on doing those things that you're most comfortable with. And life just kind of gets put on the back burner most of the time. One of the things is interesting, I remember the story when you walked in my office when you were a PNC producer and you were started out moving over from captive channel agency owner to being a producer here. And you walked in and you actually had a really, really good presentation for once. And so um, 
I have to give you some credit there. But it was the math. You kind of spoke to the numbers guy. You laid out, you know, I just presented this small commercial account, their proposal, and if they take it, it's going to generate like three or $400 a year in, in revenue for the agency. But along the way, the owner and two or three employees asked me to do life insurance quotes for yeah. them. And then when you did the math on that, it was actually going to generate like $3,000 or $4,000 for the agency. And it was kind of one of those deals where you're like, I think I should move over if (laughs) if you would bless this. I think I should be like the life insurance guy and we should have like a life and health expert. And, you know, I was like, well, you had me at $4,000, right? (laughs) And so it is different, but life insurance is not nothing. It's pretty good, right? It generates a lot of revenue for agencies. It does. So what do you think the holdup really is for property and casualty agents to really be really good at life insurance? A couple of things. I think one of them, it's the conversation that they just may not like or feel comfortable having the conversation with their clients or, you know, with their insureds because it's just a different conversation. You're not talking about insuring a car. Now you're talking about insuring their life. And sometimes that's uncomfortable for people to talk about. I look at it as, look, it's my job as their insurance agent to protect them Mm. and protect everything about them. And life insurance is a part of uh, when you're literally protecting all of them. uh, That's a big part of it. We talk a lot about policies per customer, and we talk about it in our agency group. We talk about it in our retail operation. We talk about it on this podcast. One of the stickiest customer retention strategies is you add life insurance, Correct. right? It is the most important coverage Absolutely that we would right. offer somebody. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yet... There's a roadblock. Yeah, it's going there. It's putting that client in that position where they got to think about not being here and how that's going to impact their family. And so having those conversations from the agent side, I can see where it can be difficult. You just don't want to go there. But we are our biggest asset, right? I mean, without us and without our income, it doesn't matter about the house and the car and the boat and all that. You've got to protect yourself. It's a mindset. It's a focus thing. You know, I think if we can kind of get out of uh, just focusing so much on the PNC stuff and see that the client is their biggest asset, then maybe we can have those conversations a little bit more. Do you think the stereotype of life insurance agent? Oh, you know, probably. You know, that. what is it, Ned Ryerson? From, yeah. yeah you know, I mean, is it is it the Ned Ryerson mm-hmm. effect from, was that Groundhog Day? Yes. Groundhog Day. Yes. I mean, but is that... When you said that, my brain yeah. automatically was Groundhog Day. <laughs> we need to find a way to make it cool again or something. Yeah. The, did you just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just say we're going to find a way to make life insurance insurance cool. Yeah. Why not? I'm not that good. That's all. Just like, you know, from a marketing perspective, I don't know if we, I'm that good. I think we hired you for that. I mean, marketing, branding, I mean, yeah. surely yeah. you can pull that off. The pressure. The pressure. You know, to be honest with you, it's probably the toughest sell as far as products are concerned. Because you think about it, you know, most people have a mortgage, most people have an auto loan. So those things are a must. You have to have that coverage, right? Because you've got liens. Right. But selling something where it's uh, you know you don't have to have it it's just a different approach it's just a little bit more difficult of a conversation I think yeah. I think until somebody has been through some kind of 100%. major loss yeah. where oh, they yeah, realized it was necessary it's an out of sight out of mind Absolutely. and that's that's Absolutely. when most agents write life insurance is one of their clients come in and say hey my mom just passed away unexpectedly or my brother passed away unexpectedly and I see what our family's mm-hmm. going through I don't want that to happen with us that's most right. of the business that property and casualty 
the agent's right is when somebody comes in and asks for that. So do you want to know when my parents got their first life insurance? So my mother was at the hospital. She had just had me and the person that still does their insurance to this day came to the the hospital hospital. when I was born to make sure that my daddy had life insurance to take care of me in case something happened at the hospital. (laughs) That's a new level of ambulance. Birth announcement. That's right. That's right. There's our lead generation. There we go. There that's we right. Go. That's right. There's probably um, somebody listening that's like, yeah, I do that. Yeah, I've been do, doing I that do for that. 10 years, yeah, right? Or right. <laughs> <Yeah>. 40. Or <laughs> 40. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So is it easier for a PNC guy to add life and health or for a life and health guy to add PNC products? I think it's way easier for a PNC guy to add life and health than vice versa. The guys in the PNC world that are very successful writing life insurance, when they're having the conversation with their clients, they're bringing up life insurance first. And they'll do it as, you know, hey, I know you came in. We were going to talk about your home that you're buying or we're going to talk about your auto insurance. And that's great. And we'll get to that. But before that, I want to talk about the most important asset that you guys have, and that's you yourself. And they lead with it mm-hmm. as opposed to throwing it in at the end of the conversation. I concur. The life and health guy trying to figure out how to get into the PNC has been a struggle. But those folks are great at life and health. But they're fair. Yes, and I they think are. I think that's also part of the deal. Like when they fly in on their private jet to come to the <laughs> orientation, you're like, okay, these guys are these, pretty good at what they do. I'm exaggerating a little, but not not much. Right. But they are very good business people and they have very good life and health agencies. Very strong life and health yeah. agencies. So it's not a matter of they're not successful. Right. It's a matter of they haven't been able to make that transition to add property and casualty to their opportunities, right. to their product base. And that's the part that I just keep asking for that pain because I just keep thinking it's At got some to point, work. It's got to work. Right? It's got to happen. Yeah. This individual, this age, life and health agency has 3,000 life or in health or Medicare customers. How in the world could they not attract 500 of those? Right. 20% of the customers, surely they can add auto and home. It's just a huge struggle. And I just can't figure it out. I know that you work with several of our Integra partner agents. And I can remember one of these guys calling me one day because he was so excited because he was having such success with his life insurance business. And this was one of our agents that really doesn't get excited very often. And I was thrilled to see this for him. One of the things that I see as a challenge with the guys that are coming in as life and health agents is it almost seems like they are embarrassed to be adding PNC products, or they see PNC agents almost as kind of a second class thing, and they think that it affects the uh, the relationship that they have with their high-end clients talking about millions of dollars, if all of a sudden they're presenting what they see as equal to GEICO. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? I think you can go several ways with that. It's not only a PNC and a life and health guy, it's even financial guys. You think it's the same way. I 
don't know that it really is, but I just think with anything, you've got to get past all of that stuff and go, look, if I'm coming from the life and health side to the PNC side of things, it's still my job to protect my clients. And that's everything. You're just adding something else to continue protecting them. And that's our job. Excluding the financial wealth managers from this thought, the life and health, med subs, that part of the business. If the idea is I'm going to go prospect a client and then I'm going to have that client and I'm going to have these products. We talk about being their full-time agent and we talk about clients being our full-time client. I think that expands to life insurance. I think that expands to potentially Medicare supplements or especially depending on the area. Like we have a retirement area. This is something we're not focused on on a retail basis. If you think about, okay, I've got a prospective client and then how much share of wallet can I get from that client? That's the goal. Then your policy per customer goes up, your retention goes up, your revenue per client goes up. And I would contend that the transactional nature of PNC actually goes down. For whatever reason, those clients don't change vehicles every month. They don't seem to have constant billing questions or servicing things. It's just the nature of it. Right, correct. Who is your perfect client? When it comes to life insurance, I don't know that there's the perfect client out there because there's all different clients at different phases of their life where you've got a young family that has uh, a lot of debt and things and the husband and the wife may need more insurance on themselves and they get some policies on their kids as well to start them out young. You've got that so you're insuring the whole family. But then you come across somebody that may be in their early 70s that has some medical issues that is not financially where they thought they would and now they're realizing, hey, we need something for when that time comes. I've got to have something to take care of some things. You've got to be able to take care of all of them. I don't know that there's a perfect client. As young as you can start them, you want to ensure them the whole time that they're, you know. So what's the best piece of advice you would give to a new agent starting out? Start doing those processes from the beginning. Get in the habit of asking the questions or the tough questions that we think might be tough. Get in the habit early on of talking about that. Maybe leading with the life insurance conversation. Just don't be afraid to get to know your clients and not make it as transactional as it could be sometimes on the property and casualty side. Look at it like this. If you had a printing press and it was just literally in your basement and it just sit there and printed $85,000 a year or $100,000 a year or whatever. I guarantee you, you would insure that printing press. The client is that printing press. They're the ones that do that. You know, they're the one that are bringing home the money, that are working, that are doing things and building the, the future for that family. And so we've just got to do a better job of protecting them. Not that we could get into the garage because of all the junk that we... There we right, have. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we couldn't get to the printing press. <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, when we got this thing over there, right. there's this speck over there in the corner. But it's working. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, We don't have basements, yeah. but we got garages. When you said that, I'm like, no, I'm from North Louisiana. Like, we don't, we don't have, have basements. basements. Yeah. Well, we don't have basements, but we got garages uh, full of stuff. That's right. Plus two storage units that's full right. of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's another thing uh, we do. So, Robbie, as our director of membership development, I ask you that same question. What's the advice that you give to everyone that's coming on board? 
work with us? The first thing is to listen because there are people that have done it before you. And I think we do a fantastic job as an organization partnering new agents with consultants and having the support in-house to help agents get off the ground the right way. But I like what Jeff said, practicing the processes as soon as possible and training yourself to do those things over and over and over again and not try to figure it out two or three years down the road. You know, and some people use the term automation when it comes to creating those processes. Our, in fact, our last podcast was about automation and we discussed that that word scares people. But really, all automation is is exactly what you guys are telling us to it's do. It's a process. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. So I've been uh, kind of in this mode over the last year or two and I'm starting to question myself because I know if I make a mistake, which is obviously not very often. <laughs> Where's Julie? <laughs> Can we get her in here? Uh, you know, it, it, I keep trying to get her on the podcast. Yeah, I really yeah, do. She, she's so far avoided it. it yeah, that's, that's, she has. got to figure that out. But I've been kind of in this marketing versus sales thing. Tanya and I have had debates like, is the sales process dead? And no. Robbie and I talk about this. And so uh, I'm going to throw this out there. Like, is sales dead or is sales still alive as a thing within our industry versus marketing. So marketing over here, sales over here. I kind of see those things as two different things. Is it a marketer's world? Is it a salesperson's world still? Where does that fit in when it comes to the life insurance world? Nobody wants to be sold anymore, right? I mean, is that is that what we're talking about? Yes. That's what I've been saying, right? Um, I didn't even pay him to say that. (laughs) Um, He listens to our podcast. That's how he knows the day that... I do listen. Yay! Yay. Um, That's great. I think sales has been replaced with relationship building, personally. In today's world, I feel like the personal touch matters a little bit more. And so building relationships with your clients, they listen more, you gain trust. And I think that's where the additional stuff, the life insurance, things like that, that come into play where your client's going to be, yeah, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. I'm going to listen to them because I appreciate their advice. But the marketing is there. I mean, I think that's how it gets to you in the first place. But I think sales has been replaced by, in my opinion, relationship building. But I started in sales 20 something years ago and since I'm only 28 y'all can figure that math out yourself (laughs) but I had two of the most phenomenal mentors that I shared an office with at the time and I was told then stop selling you've got to build relationships because if you don't build those relationships they're not going to believe a word you said so I think you can go back a hundred years and it's always been about relationships. But I do think that there are some people that are just better at that and we consider them the best salespeople. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I think it's the same thing. Okay. So I I think think sales is transactional. Absolutely. And I was going to say that my mind went to uh, direct to consumer online purchasing, you know, insurance. The relationship piece I think has been evident with some of these companies, Shane, uh, these insure techs that have tried the direct-to-consumer and then found out very quickly, hey, we got to get into independent agent offices because that's how we're really going to build this thing and get to the people we want to get to. Relationship prospecting, maybe building relationships, even at the prospect level is important. And I don't think it's a waste of time. It's like, well, they're not going to buy. Well, they're not going to buy from you today, but that doesn't mean they're not going to buy from you down the road. Right. But if you treat them well, then they're going to tell their mama and they're going to tell their aunts and uncles and they're going to tell the chick at the grocery store. 
sure right. about you, even if they don't buy from you today. Sure. That's right. I think on the life insurance side of things, it may be true on the PNCs, but I think you've got to ask them or talk to them about the life insurance, I think, seven times before you actually get the chance to write it. So we know you're the relationship expert. We know that you're our life and health guru. So how do we fix my golf swing? (laughs) (laughs) Ask my son, maybe. He's he's 12 and getting better than me already. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Yeah. He's got a great swing. I mean, it's great. A lefty. He is a lefty. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's, so. a, he's, a, he's a little Mickelson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, he can't beat me yet. yet. He yet. can't beat me yet. Uh, we have a wager going, <laughs> and he gets a prize if he beats me before he turns 18. Okay. Um, wow. And so That's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's yeah. 12. Okay. It'll happen way before he turns 18. Are you the, the type of parent that backs off, or do you just pound your kids in the ground I'm, like every time they try to compete with you? I'm trying to get better at backing off. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, we, we know I want them to earn it. If they're going to okay. beat me, they're going to earn it. You can't yeah. give them it. We're, right. we're, right. we're not backing off. If there's a wager. That's right. Okay. He's right. going to have to beat me. Okay. Yeah. It's a real, it, it's a win. That's right. It's a real win. It's a real win. Okay. We're well, like the same it. way. Yeah. I'm the dad that like uh, like was slapping the basketballs all the way across the court when they were you know six you know and I had the the, the three foot not much more than that because I'm not very tall but the three or four foot uh, you know height advantage, advantage. Yeah. I, I was I loved being taller than my kids for a little while I mean I w- I've never been taller than anybody in my life so there was no way I was backing off yeah I bring up golf because that's such a quintessential thing when it comes to insurance agents. You always hear about agents are spending half their time out on the golf course because that's where they make their money. But I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to just what we're talking about earlier. It's the relationship business. You build relationships different way, and a lot of times that might happen on the golf course. I also think there's probably those of us that have used that as an excuse at times too and say, <laughs> you know, look, I'm out working, you know, or I'm, I'm out here building relationships are playing golf with a client when we're probably just playing golf with our buddies or whatever, you know. <laughs> That's fair. The, the originators of remote hybrid work. Yeah. Right, right. We're golfing exactly. insurance That's agents, right. right? That's right. You know, I'm working um, from the house this afternoon. That's right. I'll be back in the morning. <laughs> You know, we yeah. had an agent when he came on board with us. I think the first eight times I called him, he was like, yeah, I'm out on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah at some point you got right. like, it's, it's right. to, I need you behind the computer. Right. But but I knew that that's exactly what he was yeah. doing, and he's yeah. extremely successful yeah. at it. So yeah. I always pick on him a little bit, but I get it. Oh, yeah, totally. you just got to have a balance because you can start using that as you look up, and now you're playing four or five days a week, and you're not growing the agency side of it either. Do you think spending the money to sponsor golf tournaments or to enter teams into golf tournaments helps grow your business? Yes. I think doing those things is just going to keep your name out there. I don't know that anything is going to come immediately from that. But I just think overall, if you're trying to be a part of your community, I think that's where that comes in. Yeah, that's I think the ones that struggle with that are the ones that really have a hard time separating like what is branding. Yes. Like what they, they just can't get 
get their head around building a brand. They think, okay, I buy this ad, I sponsor this thing, so how many policies do I sell? Because I did that thing. Right. And that doesn't necessarily work that way. It might, but it probably doesn't work that way. You have to continuously do that over time to build a brand, to create a funnel, to create a prospect, to create an opportunity. That's the thing that I hear that's a struggle for some agents is I bought that ad once. Once. <laughs> right, right, right. So, and I didn't get anything for it, right? It's like, uh, it's not the way it works, right? Also remembering if it's something like a golf team, make sure that your team is branded. Make sure that their shirts, make sure that their visors are branded. Make sure that people know who you're playing for. And, mm-hmm. and I asked Jeff this because he's our semi-captain of our Integra golf team. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he's our, our, our Integra full of, I mean, I don't know the golf terminology because I don't play golf, but they're, ring, play. they're ringers, a level players, they're ringers, ringers, ringers. Okay. Uh, okay, scratch, yeah. scratch. We got, we, I don't know, we got yeah. several scratch golfers. Y'all never know. ask the cute boy to come in and play. Yeah, is yeah. he a scratch he's golfer? Good. Okay, he's pretty good. We got it. Don't we ask have, me. Well, we have my long to... game is terrible. Now my short <laughs> game is pretty good. My long game, I still have trouble getting lift. Well, I mean, we have, like it's just a challenge. We have tryouts in the fall <laughs> spring. You've got to make the team. It's 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 not an automatic thing. You got to have tryouts <laughs> or right. a reputation yeah. that, yeah. that that's precedes right. you to make the team. It's just the way we work. I am much here. better at driving the margarita cart than I am playing. <laughs> 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 but Jeff, so tell us if you could give a compliment to yourself, what would it be? I learned a long time ago just to love people and that everything that we do, whether it be insurance, whether whatever it is. If we make it about people, that we're going to be okay. You want to give a quick plug on how people can get in touch with you? My name is Jeff Haverd. National Farm Life uh, is our is our company. You can look me up on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and you can look up National Farm Life on all of those as well. So I'll also include that on our social media pages, you. so you can very easily get in touch with Jeff. Okay, so guys, I'm gonna to I'm gonna let you leave us today with your favorite quote. So my favorite quote is the comparison is the thief of joy. Who's, who said that, Jeff? Uh, the famous philosopher, Rabbi Jabor. <laughs> Rabbi Jabor. So, <laughs> so your favorite quote yeah. is Robbie's favorite Robbie's quote. Robbie's favorite quote. Yeah. That's great. Yes. Go ahead, Shane. <laughs> this leaves me speechless. <laughs> I think this is what you're supposed to say. Attitude's a choice. <laughs> Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.